The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm Sapphire Master. My pronouns are him, his, and he. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. So, what are we drinking today? A new cocktail. It's called Delmarva Cocktail Number Two. I love new cocktails. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm really getting into this Difford's Guide for cocktails because it's just fascinating. So spell that, Difford's Guide. Difford's Guide is D-I-F-F-O-R-D-S-G-U-I-D-E.com. Oh, so it's like a book. Yeah, Simon Difford is the mixologist. Okay. Who, in yesterday's pod... Or the day before, whichever, yeah. <laughs> whatever Some, day it someday falls recently. On. The daiquiri that we just had, the Lux yeah, that, daiquiri, that was, that was one of his competition drinks yeah. that he entered. So this one, there's a history. Gary Reagan adapted Ted Haig's original Del Marva cocktail and published both versions in his 2003 Joy of Mixology. Yeah. And Gary's recipe calls for two ounces of straight rye, half ounce of dry vermouth, and a half ounce of cream de cocoa and a half ounce of lemon juice. But depending on your cream de cocoa, it can be more sour or sweet. This version is very similar, but it's bourbon, white vermouth, dry, and just a tad of lemon and then cream de cocoa, white cream de cocoa. Fascinating. So the cream de cocoa is what makes it sweet, gives it the sweetness. And the lemon gives it a little bit of sour. The lemon gives it, and he opted for a little less lemon but what i like about Difford's website is like he'll have a section that's like 20 of the most interesting drinks that use angostura bitters right and so like you can find in there especially since we've had so many cocktails right new cocktails right. new creations to try right. to to wet our palate so well this is exciting this is the del mar del marva okay. cocktail number two interesting cocktail so it's a color. bourbon it's yeah. not a rye it's a bourbon let's smell the bourbon Ooh, that's a big person drink that's pretty good. That is. Yeah. Ooh, I like the finish of that. Yeah, it's got a lot of layers in it. Yeah. I taste all sorts of things. Bourbon. The vermouth gets it dry in the middle, and then you've got that sweet cream de cocoa. I definitely get the cocoa. I definitely get the bourbon. I definitely get the lemon. Yeah, isn't that wild? It's interesting, but they play but they're well They're layered, together. and they play well simultaneously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. What a great drink. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of thing that you drink in a high-end bar. Yeah, like this drink is almost cleaning to the palate. Yeah. It's full of flavor, so yeah. it's very enjoyable. Yeah. It's a sipping drink. 
I would definitely see this as a pre-dinner drink. This totally. That's what it tastes like to yeah. me. It's a pre-dinner drink, ready to get my palate ready. Right. Because it's even making me gleek a little bit. Yeah. You can see this at a, you know, like a semi-fancy restaurant yeah. at the bar. Like the bartender would have five or six custom drinks to make. This could be one of them. Definitely. And then yeah. I think you have a lot of fun to play with this because... We've talked about bourbons before. We right. we think bourbons are much better as a mixed drink. Right. And this is obviously a mixed drink. It's more martini style, which yeah. I kind of like martini style drinks. Yeah. But depending on the bourbon you choose, right. you have a lot of options on how this flavor can mold together. I'm using the Woodenville bourbon today. Okay. But, you know, if you change it up and put rye in there, yeah. it could change it completely. Totally. Another good drink. I yeah. think we're going to like this book. I think we will. It's kind of a fun conversation we're about to have. Right. It's a conversation you might giggle through. <laughs> we have Lewis on the pod, and he's also known as Mr. Heldad on Fat. And he reached out to us because he's got a really unique fetish. Yeah. Which is tickling. Yeah, this is our first. So, Lewis, welcome to the pod. All right, thank you guys for having me here. It's, it's an honor, I'd say, because I've never been on a podcast before. This is, uh, this is new to me. Thank you. And you're welcome, and we're glad you're here. We ordinarily begin the conversation by inviting you to share your journey with us. So tell us about your discovery of yourself as a sexual creature, and then how that created your interest in kink, and then what brought you to being a tickling fetishist. All right. Well, I'd say that the tickling thing really came first before anything else, or maybe it was a foot fetish. I'm not sure which it was. All I remember is as a kid tickling people and getting that rise and that reaction out of them before I was entirely sexual. Like was, it was, could have been, been like an aunt or I think it was at one point a babysitter of mine. And I remember in kindergarten, there was uh, I tickled a friend like, cause we we're just playing and I thought it was the, it was a blast. And then after that, you know, just standard, you know, go through life. You kind of discover yourself sexually, but at the same time, you still have those things in the back of your head. Like for me, even when I went through the whole cliche of finding Sports Illustrated except on a phone and my parents are like, that's bad. I'm like, oh no, woe is me. I'm such a sinner. And then I just like, I'm, I don't care. That's, it's always been fun for me. I guess the only thing different for me than I would say is, I guess I was kind of nonchalant about it and I was just open to it right from the get-go. And the rest is just from there on out. I got it. That's really interesting. I'm curious, are you more of a foot fetishist then, or does your tickling extend beyond the feet? I mean, the tickling does extend beyond the feet, like hips, ribs, neck, sides. But I will say that the foot fetish is probably the bigger part of it. It's probably the more predominant kink, because I I guess you could say I could go without tickling, even though for me it's still a very sadistic part of me that I just can't put away. But I much prefer the reactions of the foot fetish where like, you know, you're sucking on someone's toes and they all of a sudden they either moan or they giggle and moan at the same time. That to me, it has more weight sexually than anything else. Got it. And so from a tickling standpoint, do you, I guess, tickle people who are unable to resist, like they're restrained or do you tickle people who aren't restrained and it's more of a wrestling match or how does it go? Well, there's no real preference to me. It's just however I can have it, I'll have it. Like it won't, they don't have to be restrained. If they want to be restrained, that's perfectly fine with me. 
it could be even something that's cute, like we're on the couch and they'll say something snarky, and then I'll just pin their wrists above their heads and immediately just start going to town just so I can not ruin their day, but, you know, teach them a little lesson. It's really about that. It's about having fun with being a sadist. The best thing about tickling for me just happens to, you know, be about the reaction and seeing that look on someone's face, like when they realize, oh no, I'm in trouble, but it's also what I want, but it's also, they're kind of, it's, it's a look of fear in their eye when they realize like I'm, they're completely at my mercy. They're going to laugh the way I'm going to make them laugh. Well, not how I'm going to make them laugh, but what I'm going to do to them. To me, that's the sweetest part about it. Initial punishment. I mean, I never do it if someone's uncomfortable, but it's more like a cutesy thing. And then they don't, you know, they're like, ah, no, stop. I'm like, all right, I'll stop. And I'll tease them a little bit more. This is a, as far as that goes, I have done it to, to one girlfriend a couple years ago, but it was more like she propped her, her feet up on top of uh, my lap. Cause she was also into the kink. And I decided, like, oh, yeah, we're going to watch CSI. Do not interrupt the CSI. And then she's like, she just started giggling. I was like, well, looks like we're going to turn off CSI at some point. And then I just, you know, went on to torment her, just to try to figure out what I could do to get her to stop. I'm like, you'll I'll only unpause CSI if you stop giggling. And it just never happened. And I just immediately just destroyed her. So with tickling, because people react differently, I mean – Water sports could become part of the issue. Are you into water sports? Because people often pee their pants when they're being tickled. I'm not. I'm, I don't think I'd be opposed to it. But it's more like, I always stop before then. Like, I don't want to embarrass somebody too much. I just want to, I want them to have fun. A little bit of sadistic fun, but I don't want to push it too far. But so far, I, don't have had, I haven't had anyone that's actually had that reaction. So I guess... We'll see when it, we'll get across that bridge when we get there. I'm curious about consent in tickling kink. Do you get consent before you start tickling or do you just start tickling? It's more, okay, it, it seems more like the CNC kink where it's consensual, non-consent, where I say like this and that. I, I make sure that all my partners are well aware of what I'm into because if anything, I'm a person of honesty <laughs> and I'll be like, look, this is what I do. If it makes you uncomfortable, let me know. And they go, yes, okay. Or they say, okay, that's harmless. I can deal with that. And then after a certain point, they're like, okay, yeah. So it's more like they're asking me to take advantage of the situation, really. Or whatever situation may come. That's a very interesting way of looking at it. Okay, good. So tell us about the world of tickling. Like, What's the bigger space? Who are the kinksters? What's happening in the world of tickling? So who are the big people? I say it's mostly artists and producers. That's really artists, producer, and models. Because you can, a lot of people are in, aren't so much into it so much as they are doing it for a quick buck. Like you say, models, they'll do that. Some of them really enjoy it and come back. It really just, it branches out from, you know, the video production standpoint where you see people getting tickled on screen. They sell these videos on clips for sale. And then you have artists, like there's this one, one person that I know. It's his fetish art, but... I don't think he's really doing it anymore, but he does that. And he was really big into the, the BDSM scene in New York and he introduced it to several people. So it really is just 
artists and more outgoing people. In terms of people that are close knit, it really is just people on social media that are that are on it. As long as they have a presence, they're more than likely. Not I'm not saying everybody who has a presence is into it, but as long as they have a presence that's connected to it, that's where you find the people. That's interesting. And is it also the case that there's a sexual aspect to tickling? Oh, most definitely. Yeah, there is definitely that aspect to it because there's a lot of it has to do with sensation. Like on a lot of people, they actually do those with the kink. They tend to get aroused from it. Like sometimes it's being helpless. Sometimes it's the feeling of, you know, nails on their skin or maybe like a kiss on their neck that just happens to make them giggle or and someone being forceful and just taking that a little bit further. But there is a huge sexual aspect to it. There's a cute aspect to it. But those are generally, you know, non-kinksters. They're like, ha ha ha, this is so much fun. I can't say for everybody what it is that turns them on about it. But I know for me and a couple other people I know, it really is just, I guess, the helplessness of it. It, it really has something to do with it. So I'm hearing you say things like it's a precursor to sexual arousement and therefore leads to sex. And, but there's also a lot of kinksters or a lot of fetishes out there where people are exploring something, some fetish, and it's purely just that exploration of that fetish with no sexual orientation, meaning you could have a, like, for example, in spanking clubs, they have spankies and spankers, and it doesn't necessarily lead to any sex. It could be arousing for them, but it's more of a play scene versus leading to a sexual scene. Yes, and that is a big part of it. It doesn't have to be specifically leading up to it. Some people just get enjoyment just out of it, just, you know, being there and being, you know, tickled and all that stuff like that. So for the most part, it is just the act itself that tends to arouse people. It's not so much that it's leading up to sex because there's a lot of asexual people or aromantic people that are into it. Do you use... I mean, because everyone has different styles and techniques, just like any sadist or dungeon master. So like, do you prefer your fingers? Do you use other types of devices or equipment to tickle? I use everything at my disposal. As far as preference goes, I would say anything where that could use the fingers, like metal claws, fake nails, anything that I can gauge the pressure of. It's the pressure that always gets to people. Like you can have a hard tickle or you can have a soft one where they're like, oh, oh no, that's my style. Sometimes I'll use like tools and stuff like shampoo brushes. You may not think, but unless you looked at it from that perspective, it's like, oh shoot, now it makes sense. Okay. So, I mean, good thing that you're bisexual because this question can only be answered by you. Do male tickle subjects respond differently than female tickle subjects? If I had to be honest, uh, no, there really isn't that much of a difference it really it really depends on their level of ticklishness they're like but if there was anything that i could say it's the time for arousal because what i've noticed about male ticklies is they tend to get aroused a lot quicker and a lot more often you know female ones female leads you know yeah i get that and then i have a follow-up question and that is that there is let me just think about how to how to frame this there is an opportunity to arouse somebody with tickling. And the question is, what body part do you tickle to get arousal? That's a good one. That is a really good question. If I were to say the one instant spot, it would be the neck. Now, hips are a good spot because, you know, for some reason, the lower pelvis is just like, it absolutely destroys people. 
you could go for thigh, but that's that's you know if the person's comfortable with you. But neck tends to be the best spot to start. Okay, and then what is it about tickling that has it that you can't really tickle yourself? You know, it's funny you say that because I I sometimes can. Like if I have, like, because I I also like to take care of my feet because just with my foot fetish, if I don't like someone to have ugly feet, I also would think, wouldn't it suck if someone saw my feet and said, ew, gross. So it sometimes it happens like, yeah, it just happens to me. Like even if I use a pumice stone on my heel or even on the ball of my feet, it's, I can and it has happened, and sometimes it just continues to happen. So as a switch, as a switch, are you playing with being a, mostly a top in tickling, or you also a bottom? Mostly top, but I do tend to, it depends on the person. I do bottom for tickling, but it's, they have to have the kind of personality, because it's not, generally with lees, lures, or like ticklers and ticklees, and then switches, some of them are strictly lees, some of them are strictly lure, and then, but the ones that are switches tend to have this energy behind them where they can easily just switch it up on you. Like all of a sudden you could be teasing them and, you know, squeezing their size. And the next thing you know, they randomly just pin your wrist to the top of the couch and you're like, what the hell did just happened? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it, like I said, it, it really depends on the energy. Like I said, some people have the energy where they're, you know, like top energy and bottom energy and switch energy. It's like, you know, I could be teasing someone like on the couch and all of a sudden they pin my wrist above my head and all of a sudden it's like a switch goes off in my brain i'm like oh what it almost short circuits me you know i totally get that yeah i get that too all right so do you have any movie references for great tickling scenes i wouldn't say uh, there's there's one but it's not one that i watch it's just one that i've heard about baron munchausen or whatever there's that yeah it's mainly just tv shows that have it you know like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Don Tertelli, there's Aeon Flux, the show. If you go on Tumblr, you'll find a load of references where people are like, this is where where this comes from. Like in this scene at this minute, because some people pour over this thing endlessly. Some people are absolutely obsessed with this king, but it's like that with a lot of other kings. But for some reason, there's like a joke that me and other producers have. There are people that are really obsessed with it. Like people are obsessed with model trains. You mentioned at the top of the conversation about sites and and uh, different places where tickling videos and clips are. So what are some references where you can send people? Studios that you should look out for are sites. I mean, definitely check Tumblr because whether the porn ban is there or not, there's always going to be uh, stuff there. Check X Hamster, sometimes Pornhub, even though a lot of people took all the stuff off. But like, there's other people like like websites like UK Tickling, Czech Tickling, you know, like Czechoslovakia, the Tickle Room, and North Carolina Tickling, which is a, a friend of mine. You can also check DeviantArt, but I wouldn't recommend there because, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff out there that you don't want to put other people at pause. But yeah, pretty much just any, any social media site. I will say this, though. Instagram is a very good place. I know Instagram might start to hear that and go, oh, no, we have to start blocking content. But there are people out there who put out content and they'll link to their OnlyFans, which is uh, a lot of people like to put their stuff on there. Like one of my favorite duos is called My Ticklish Side, which is uh, a couple from Alberta, Canada. And they they just put out some stellar stuff. It's also a cross between foot fetish too, but they're good people. If you have the money, go support them and go support all the people that I said. Yeah, I'm curious if... 
tickling is a crossover into big little or boy girl type fetish kink play you know it's funny you should say that because i do see some but it's not often like i'll see it on like ddlg blogs or mmlb blogs but it's very rare there's some overlap in the gentle femdom community gfd but it's more like they use it as sensation sensation play to tease their subs but not as like a kink itself i think i've seen more crossover there though I hope that it's a part of it because it's just a fun, it's just a fun key to explore. It's fun for everybody. Even if you're tortured by it, it's more like, yes, give me more. Fascinating. That's fascinating. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, but I, I would just pee my pants is what would happen because I lose control. <laughs> well, I mean, if that's what you're into, that's what you're into. Just have fun with it is all I'm saying. If you're going to try it out. Well, Luis, thanks for coming on and sharing your thoughts about the tickling fetish. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem, you guys. It's a pleasure to be on here. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Thank you.